Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Craig. Oh, wow. Dave. Dave. What's up? And Tori. Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. Craig, good. Uh, This week, I think this is a returning good thing. I don't really remember because we've been recording this for way too long. But I was talking to my friend and I realized I really like the game called Evoland 2. So I don't remember. Did I talk to about this, guys? Do you guys remember this? I've never heard of it, so probably not. Right. Anyway, Evoland... The original, it's sort of like a gimmicky nostalgia fest where you start out in, I think, a 2D plane. You open chests, which unlock various features related to the evolution of video games. So you'll unlock the ability to move up and down, and then you'll eventually unlock, you know, 3D graphics. Well, no, that's later on. You you, you unlock, like, random battles and enemies and whatever else and hearts and Everything related to a video game is unlockable, and it's a nice, fun little game. Um, but it, it's it's sort of going by the nostalgia thing, where it's like, hey, remember how weird RPGs on the PlayStation were? Here's some features from that, and it's like that sort of thing. Dude, um, my favorite RPG is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons for Intellivision. Okay. So anyway, Evil Land Two, though, while it has a couple of those mechanics from the first game. It has a story, and it's it's a pretty decent story. Like, I'm actually somewhat reminded of Chrono Trigger a little bit, because it, it has a time travel mechanic, um, which isn't really spoilers, because you, you get that early on. But it, it has a little bit of the Chrono Trigger feel. It's not, the story's not a, as good as Chrono Trigger. Um, let, let's, let's be clear, but it does some things really well. And honestly, so much better than the first game. I recommend it to my friend because he was like, I'm playing Evil Land and it's not great. And I'm like, D- don't worry about it. Play Evil Land 2 because it is so much better. Um, so it's a lot of fun. I-, I tend to replay it like every year. Just it's it's a nice, fun game. Um, not that short, but it, it doesn't take too long. So it's pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, it has a story. That's my quote. Thank you, Mike. Um, but compared to the first game, which didn't have a story, the first game is like nostalgia. The second game is like story and nostalgia. So my apartment building has seven stories. Get on my level. N- thank you, Dave. <laughs> okay, well that's all I had this week. Okay, so for Dave's good thing, I suggest we all talk over him in celebration of his intro. Well, that's no problem for me. All right, Dave, go. But I'm not falling for this. Dave, does your good thing have a story too? Not really. My sister and I made a pie this week. Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. It was good. It was okay. uh yeah, it was like a sh- well, I want to say sugar-free, but it was no sugar added peanut butter. Other than that, it was sugar-free. It was really good. So it was a peanut butter pie? Yeah. Our buddy Sinus posted a recipe last week and my sister and I made it, and it was yummy. But I think I ate too much of it. I love peanut butter. I love the sound of peanut butter pie. Even no sugar added? I'll cope. Well, that's true. Too much, peanut butter does some heavy lifting. Too much is the correct amount of pie to eat. So you did well, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my good thing this week is uh, Link to the Past Randomizer Tournament has begun again. Yeah, it's fun. Craig's competing. He's in the qualifier races. He's got another one tonight. Well, watch. given how my first qualifier went, it's not a good thing yet. It will but be. Hopefully be it will be. Didn't you win fine. last year? Why do you have to qualify? I thought they I know. Could... I know. They, they dropped the hole. You automatically get in. I'm like, what? So now I have to qualify. You'll be fine. Just got to remember A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. How far? How hard did we end up going with that? Always be clearing dungeons except fetch quests. Because we couldn't find a good letter for G for fetch quests. Fetch giving helper items. Okay. Fetch giving helper items. JK. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, because you don't watch my stream, it, it's a rule I have when I'm playing. So it's it's linked to the past. And, you know, there's dungeons. There's a lot of dungeons in that game. And one of my rules is always be clearing the dungeons. Randomizer mixes up the items, so you might not necessarily be able to enter the dungeons or beat the dungeons. But the rule I have is if I can beat a dungeon, it's probably better to go do that than do anything else you could be doing in the game. Life before death. Strength before honor. Always be clearing dungeons except <laughs> fetch quests. Yo, that should be the first ideal. <laughs> dungeons before fetch quests. No, it's the other way around. So we, we make fun because I don't really follow that rule, but technically it's don't forget fetch quests. <laughs> but that doesn't, Is it that doesn't strength have a before honor. A Is that moment. right? It's not right. No, it's it's strength Journey before, before destination. Strength before weakness. Journey yeah. before destination. There you go. It's just like the same thing as life before death. Dungeons before death. Dungeons death. before death. Finish the unless, boss before your death warp. The real dungeon was the friends we made along the way. But to piggyback on what Mike said. <laughs> Dude, Ice Palace is... and I are like tight. We're best friends. BFF, Ice Palace, my friend. The, the tournament's pretty fun. It's broadcast on the Speed Gaming Network of Channels. Um, there's a lot of people who are participating. When I did my qualifier the other day, there was 120 people signed up. So there's a lot of people. I think they narrow it down to 64 or something like that. Um, and, that and then we have like, you know, one-on-one -on -one matches. But in the beginning, it's a free-for-all where all 120 of us or so are playing at the same time, trying to get the best time. It's stressful, but it's fun. And the, like the techniques you use are completely different from like, you know, a big, a big, like, 120-person race versus a one-on-one. -on -one. It's true. I forgot that principle, but I have remembered. So, all right, Tori, what's your good thing? The Winter Night Trilogy by Catherine Arden. It's a set of books that starts with The Bear and the Nightingale, and it's about a little girl named Vasya who grows up in, a, like, a country village outside of Moscow. And um, it, it's like fantasy medieval fairy tale uh but based on russian folklore um and it was really good the the writing uh the author just is it was so full of imagery and beautiful descriptions and it was like reading a really long poem and also the plot was good and not formulaic and i didn't know what was going to happen and uh the whole trilogy was just great all of it stands on its own um Every single book was, you know how sometimes it's like, yeah, we're going to write a trilogy, but only because they market well, and therefore we need to pad out the plot to make a second book because it was only planned to be one book. This wasn't like that. The, like, the whole trilogy was good. I couldn't stop reading it until I had read the whole thing. It took me, like, two days to read three books. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, so, Dave. Uh You read chapters 77 through 82 of... Brandon yeah, and Sanderson. let me tell you something. I think we easily could have ended at 81 and had a nice little, um, like, that would have been about 50 pages. I spaced out my reading as normal and then realized that there were, like, 50% more pages than normal. Um, Tori, are, are, are I you think I know why she did this. Right I don't want to hear you going against the diagram. We'll talk about it. All right, chapter 77. Dave Bitter. Monopoly. Oh, wait, it's called Trust, but they mean the same thing. All right. Shallan's Little Pony. Adolin is cute, but not brilliant. But Kaladin is brilliant, and whatever else he is, Gaz finds a book. You know, this is actually kind of interesting, because in the episode that came out this weekend, there's also a part where Gaz kind of disappears, and they're like, oh, did Gaz leave my retinue? And then, oh, there he is. Where was he? Okay. So, Gaz was, I don't know, it's not the first time Gaz mysteriously disappeared. That's all I'm saying. But this time he was getting a copy of uh, uh, The Well of Ascension or whatever. I don't remember. Um, one of the books that uh, Shalon wanted to read. One of the Cosmere books. Possibly Words of Radiance. Uh, all right. So, next scene. Wicked thing of eminence led to the recreance. That's something out of book. That's something out of... Shadows for Silence or whatever. Uh, what's the book? Words of Radiance. And then Windrunners function in teams. Navani enters the carriage. 
I'm not going to steal the project from you. According to Shalan, Yasna was <clears throat> Yasna is a radiant. All right. Keep going. The weeping began. Kaladin quotes Jean-Luc Picard. Hello, Moash. Sometimes you just have to kill people for good. And wait, wait. What, what is this Jean-Luc Picard quote? Well, he's like in his room and Moash knocks on the door and Kaladin's like, come. Like whenever Picard's in his ready room or his quarters and someone rings the doorbell, that's how he answers. Come. Oh, I was hoping it was some T Earl Grey hot. No, he was playing a flute. <laughs> Dude, but what if Kaladin's like future girlfriend is a piano teacher? How is he going to play music with her? All right. I um... guess he's got to go find the flute. <laughs> Dude, that's his go mode. <laughs> he's for Pendant Meyer. Wait, it's a pedestal seat. Ah, all right. So, Shalon is like drawing stuff and reading stuff and Navani shows up and she's like, I will help you future daughter-in-law or whatever, sort of, because I'm I'm dating Dalinar now. So she's kind of like a future mother-in-law. Uh, so she's starting to warm up and starting to adjust to the idea that Yasta might be dead. Uh, she's a little further down that path than I am, I think, at this point. And... She gives her the resources she needs, uh, you know, to, to Shalon for her to find the Oath Gate and make her way into Erythru. And then we go back to a scene with Kaladin where Moash comes to visit him in his busted leg. Uh, you know, Kaladin is injured, so he's not assaulting the Parshendi homelands. And Moash is the head of the King's Guard, you know, effectively at this point. And he's like, don't worry, Kaladin. We're still going to kill the king. And that's the end of chapter 77. Because sometimes you got to kill people for good. That's that's pretty reassuring. Thanks, Moash. Yep. Oh, Craig, are you looking at the Coppermine summary of these chapters currently? Yep. Yep. Okay. Would you like to read the first three words of Kaladin's section of this chapter? Kaladin feels gloomy. <laughs> What's the weeping? You don't say. Oh, poor Kaladin. He doesn't have TN to cheer him up. It's the weeping. This is kind of... Too soon, man. Too soon. Dude, that was like 10 years ago. The, or uh, one year ago. The Coppermine summary is very harsh on Kaladin throughout all of these. Like, Kaladin <laughs> broods. Kaladin feels gloomy. I, I mean, can't wait to fair. read it someday. One day I'll be old enough. It's accurate. It's absolutely accurate what's happening. Like, there's no other better summary. The Stormlight Archive condensed into three words. Kaladin feels gloom. Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably start every Kaladin chapter with those words. It's like, it's it's the Stormlight version of Ash Fell from the Sky. Yep, right up there. Chapter 78, Contradictions. Shalon is a knight radiant and tells Dalinar, Shalon doesn't want the cape because it'll make it harder to lie. Thanks, but no thanks, future daddy-in-law. New Parshendi type, burning in the rain. Time to call Ben Stein. Hey, we found Shen. Wait, was Shen missing? I kind of remember him being like, I need to go my own way, Kaladin. Thanks for so long and thanks for all the stew. And then he flies off or something. But... I don't know. Did, I don't. I kind of remember Shen leaving, but not really. No, you got it wrong, Dave. He walks off into the sunset, That's like the whole true heroes go. Yeah, like Link. He's walking the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. Kung Pao. All right. Uh, so Shalon tells Dalinar about her superpowers, and he's like, "Ah, now you can take Amaram's golden cape." And she's like, whoa, ho, ho, if you tell everyone that I'm good at lying, then it'll make me bad at lying. And Downer's like, I'm not sure I like that. I don't like <laughs> you gotta, where you're coming from. You got to do secret stuff sometimes, but you can't do it with a giant cape on your back. And sometimes you just have to kill people for good. Um, and then they're like, oh, it's raining, but our soldiers have burn marks on them. What's up with that? There's a new Parshendi type and they have red eyes. That's why we have to call Ben Stein. Uh, yeah, dig, dig then, out that 90s reference. Good stuff. And then uh, Shen shows up. Remember Shen? He's back in storm in, form. In pog form. Oh, in storm form. form. He's not in storm form. 
Isn't he? Doesn't he have red eyes? Shen is not in storm form. He's not? I thought they said he had red eyes, but he is um I mean, I guess maybe he missed the storming forming because he was out spying at the time. Storming forming. <laughs> yeah, you know, that thing that Esther and I made everyone do, including her uh Alzheimer's patient mother and then like to threaten to kill everybody who didn't storm in foreman. So actually, I didn't review the chapter. Is he in storm form? Oh my gosh, Craig! No, I don't he's know. Not in storm form. He's not. He did have. Didn't he have red eyes? I thought that meant he was in storm form. Okay, maybe storms just make them have red eyes or something or some, some kind of. Maybe the I, song makes them have red eyes. I think he's in war form, but he wasn't before. Okay. Yeah, before he's, he's in definitely different from his dull form. Yeah. Okay. According to the chapter summary, Shallan examines a corpse and sees that its eyes are red, and then Relaine shows up. But we don't know his name's Relaine until next chapter. Okay. Spoilers, Mike. God, you're so bad at this. Yep. Okay. Did anything else happen in this chapter? Yeah, how about that weird epigraph? I was going to ask about them after we got through chapters, but yeah, Dave, yeah, but what's up with the epigraphs? That's the diagram. It's just a diagram. It's okay to be weird. It's like, uh, on March 28th, we're going to review chapters 77 through 82 of the Stormlight Archives, book 2-2. Chapter 79, Toward the Center. And side note, I like how the diagram locations are like the chapter numbers or stanzas. It'll be like, oh, third floorboard, paragraph 7, or like, the back of the painting, paragraph one. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. That's, I like it. Moving on. Verlaine. That's all I got. That's the only bullet point for chapter 79. Verlaine, of course, is Shen's listener name. And he's telling Dalinar about how he was a, a spy in dull form, posing as a parchment, par- posing as a parchment, rather. Um... But for some reason, feels some kind of loyalty to the Alethi people. I don't know. But he also is like, oh, what my people are doing ain't right. Anybody else have any thoughts there? No, I think he's on to something. What they're doing ain't right. That is a short chapter. You want to move on to chapter 80? All right. Chapter 80, To Fight the Rain. Uh, This one has a lot of different scenes, so we'll just go over them one at a time, one scene at a time. Okay. What if it's not Storm Seat, but actually Storm's eat oh no yeah your whole idea of the capital city of the city of erythru everything's turned inside down all right danger has arrived early but dalinar is thinking with portals so dalinar was trying to get here before the countdown finished and uh he's like oh these parshendi are singing and something some 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 kind of thing is brewing possibly quite a storm but i don't know uh, but that singing's happening, and portals will get us out of here. That's my contingency plan. If we can't take shelter in the central plateaus, then we're relying on Shallan's Oath Gate to get us home. All right, next scene. Oh, wow, this wasn't the one with a lot of scenes. This was the one with two scenes. All right, <laughs> final scene of Chapter 80. Elucar is a bad king. So Elucar um drunk dials kaladin and he's like am i a bad king and kaladin's like you're and elicar is like but i'm trying and kaladin's just like yeah but you should try to step down and let dalinar be king and that's the end of chapter 80 <laughs> i love that he drunk dials <laughs> well, he like he like drunk visits him yeah he's not that yeah. drunk yet but he's started he's getting there Look, he needs a Tindwell, and the best he's got is Kaladin. To teach him how to be king, yeah, for sure. Elicar, Drunk Dials, Kaladin. Hey, girl, you up? <laughs> all right, I chapter like 80. All, I like how he's all, am I a bad king? And Kaladin says, uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, how can you tell me I'm a bad king? <laughs> well, you ask. Elicar <laughs> does mean, admit that. He's like, uh, well, I asked. <laughs> yeah, teach me how to be a good there. king. I feel like asking this sort of question and then also admitting that they he was the one who screwed up their whole Sadius plan, like, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. 
It's almost he, like Kaladin might get sympathy for him soon. I was just going to say, I, I feel like those he has a lot of steps to take, but yeah. it's in the proper direction of being a better king. Um, yeah, but he like he's trying, you know, gosh dang it. He's trying. Why should he die if he's going to try? Chapter 81 is actually the one with a lot of scenes. That's titled The Last Day. All right. Speeches, Song of Storms. We attack now. So, yeah, they're starting to... There's winds picking up for some reason. And and Dalinar's like, we got to attack now. Send the message to the troops. All right. Next scene. Sandbath. Zahel on vacation. Spear practice. Got to do what you can do. Stay alive. I think that should be... T- Let me edit this. Got to do what you can can to stay alive. Elicar is Dalinar's TN. Oh, I almost cried when I read that. It's like, you know, Tien, he was just kind of sacrificed for the good of the army, but Tien was trying to be a good soldier, and gosh dang it, why should he have to die for that? And Elikar is trying to be a good king, He, but, you know, gosh darn it, why, why did I want to assassinate that guy again? Next scene. Sure, blood? No! They can die. So, yeah, uh, Blood gets zapped by some lightning. And Adolin runs in and he cuts down a Parshendi. And it's like, kind of bolsters his troops. Like, oh, they aren't invincible. I mean, we don't have shard blades, but they're not invincible. So, you know, next scene, drawing maps and stuff. Uh, next scene... I'm sorry that you have to die this way. And finally, this cliff isn't hangy enough. I'm going to make Dave read an extra chapter. The diagram, covered under the stairs, paragraph 42. No, Dave, yes. that was the beginning epigraph of the chapter. You got it, you got it backwards. <laughs> Your Stormfather impression is spot on, though. That Stormfather is apparently not the Almighty. I think the Almighty is actually um, Adelnausium, right? Because Stormfather mentions... Well, this is going into the next chapter, but Stormfather mentions how he saw Odium kill Adelnausium, right? And then he becomes the sliver of Infinity. Dave? No, like from the other book. No? For, Dave, for like honor is time, no. Honor is dead. I'll see what uh, I can do. Oh, Honor is the shard? Yes. Yes. Adelnausium was all 16 shards together. Honor is one of those shards. I thought Odium was the one that killed Adel Nauseam, though. No, Odium is also one of those shards. Yes. I mean, so technically, he, though... So yes, he committed 116 suicide. Yeah, he did help kill Adel Nauseam, but then he also all by himself killed Honor. But as far as we know, that happened on Yolin, which is a different planet. This is not. This is nothing that exists yet. It hasn't been written yet. You're also conflating the shard with the person who holds the shard. Yeah. So, Honor but... is dead, and Odium killed him. Odium is How not a person. Nietzsche. Hanger? All right, but, chapter eight. person is Odium. <laughs> this is Mike's favorite part, where I laugh at my bullet points before I read them. I, I do enjoy this part, yes. Chapter 82. Kaladin meeting with Elicard was like Jean-Luc Picard meeting with you. Uh, Graves' guards, Crutch Buster, Crotch Buster, Couch Buster. Uh, that's the first scene. So Kaladin's like, ah, I'm sympathizing with King Elokar. This is just like that time Jean-Luc Picard was going to send Hugh back with a virus to the Borg continuum, but then he met with him and kind of started sympathizing with him. Oh, Hugh, not Q. Okay, that makes more sense. Nah, Picard has no sympathy for Q. As well, he shouldn't. <laughs> Hugh, the Borg. Uh, so Kaladin's like, oh, I have to stop the assassination. Busted leg or no busted leg. And he goes to the palace. And he doesn't recognize the guards. And he's like, these are Graves' men. And he's like, hey, let me tell you a secret. And he shoves his spear up between one guy's legs and then punches the other guy in the nose and knocks him out. Um... And then he goes in to find Elokar unconscious on the couch. Oh no, what happened? Definitely not just drunk. Next scene. Ropes are for dopes. Backup singers. Where's the thrill? 
So the Parshendi are trying to keep Adolin out of the fight by throwing ropes at him. And, you know, you can't hold back a shard bear with ropes, but uh, it does distract him enough. But, you know, we got to get to those backup singers. You know, the, the, the reserve guard hasn't joined the fight yet, but they're singing and Tad needs to stop him. So we're going to go stop him. And he's like, come on, Thrill, let's go fight him. But the Thrill does not answer the call. Next scene, Sliver, Attractors, Archers. Uh, so funnily enough, in our recently released episode, we were talking about the polyfabrial type of thing where they pushed down on the rock and the other rock like came up. So uh, I, I think the idea of what they're doing here is they've got this tarp and they push down on the tarp to block out the rain so that uh, the archers can be can have some dryness and be more effective and shoot across at the Parshendi. Uh, clever uh, use of mechanics and callbacks there. Um, we also hear uh, the Stormfather mention that he is a sliver, which is... I wonder if this is like an actual technical Cosmere term now because the Lord Ruler was referred to as the Sliver of Infinity. In a sense, you could say he was a Sliver of Preservation, having drawn his power from the Well of Ascension. So like the Stormfather maybe is a Sliver of Honor? Yes, exactly. Yes, it is an actual term. Okay. I did it. I solved the Cosmere. You did. Yeah. Graduating to Cosmere 102.17, the Way of Kings. Attractors, that's the name of the thing, the pulley thingy, and then the archers. Okay. Next scene. I knew he was just drunk. I knew he was just stabbed. I knew the assassins would arrive. So, yeah, Cowden managed to take out the the two dudes guarding Elokar's room and starts escaping with Elokar. Uh, he's super drunk, can barely stand, and kind of lamenting the fact that uh, Zeth didn't try to kill him. He's like, even the assassin knew I wasn't a worthy king. I'm like, well, he's kind of right. <laughs> but it wasn't really the assassin. It was the diagram, right? Uh, and then he gets a little stabbed, and Kaladin starts tending to the wound, and then tending to the wound some more. And old Moash shows up with... Uh, with some other guy to come they're coming here to kill the king and he's like kaladin what are you doing and we'll find out next week okay let's talk about the storm father and what it being a sliver of honor means. he's the sliver of e to the i pi uh so dave we've talked to you about cognitive shadows before right is that what nightblood is no oh is that what the, the returned are, are? yeah yes. the returned okay uh so, so when... maybe i think you mentioned that when Honor was killed, uh, he left a cognitive shadow, which sort of bonded with the Spren, the Stormfather, to become the Stormfather that we know in modern-day Roshar. Oh, the Stormfather's a Spren? I knew he was Sulfrena's dad, but I didn't know that he was a Spren himself. Yeah, he's the Spren of the High Storm. Okay. Um, yeah. That's... So he's so he's a cognitive realm being. Well, and... there's a bit more to being a Sliver, though. Uh, just to put in perspective for you, Dave... Vin was a sliver of preservation for a bit. Uh, so it was what she the had the shard because when Wait, he used hang on. what Vin Vin possessed the shard of preservation. Why is she only a sliver? That was unless you mean she was a sliver when she entered the well. Right. It's the way slivers work is essentially you have to hard, hold a large amount of investiture and typically some portion of the shard. So. Uh, in Vin's case, when she used the Well of Ascension, at that time sl she was a sliver. Or when Later, she draws on in the Hero of Ages, she actually holds the Shard of Preservation. Okay. But it's it's when she uses the Well of Ascension at the end of Well of Ascension, she's actually a sliver because Preservation is still alive at that point. Would you um, say she was a sliver at the end of Book 1 when she draws on the Mist? Because the Mists are also part of Preservation, right? I think so, because she can harness that, but she might have just been fed investiture from preservation. Yeah, I would say no for book one, yes for book two, and a different thing entirely for book three. If she's a shard holder in book three. Yeah. She she's, she definitely holds, she's a sliver in book two. Yeah, because she needs more investiture. I think book one is just, she's being fed investiture, that's all. She's not a sliver yet. 
But same thing with mm. the Lord Ruler when he first used the Well of Ascension. Same thing. He was a sliver. He calls it a sliver of infinity, but it was a preservation. Right. So that those are what slivers are. In the case of the Stormfather, um, honor is dead, so it's a little weird. But it just means he has a large amount of investiture and he has a part of the shard, as far as we know, anyway. The okay. largest part so of like, the shard that we're aware of. So, like, a shard is a piece of adal nauseum and a sliver is a piece of a shard. Yes. But, or at least, like, a, a large. A significant. In possession piece of, of, yeah, in possession of a significant amount of that shard. And there's also splinters. Don't forget the splinters. Right. That's the witches and werewolves guy was splintered. What? Craig oh, doesn't listen to the episodes. Shadows <laughs> for silence. Yeah. Story world. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So some examples of splinters that you've seen. Um, Sions from... Um, Elantris. Elantris. Uh, the Return. Hold on. Who's the, the floating, The floating light globe things. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. And um, Evil Monk guy had one locked in a box. They were like the Lantern Archons, I kind of imagine them. Yes. Uh, the return I from about Nalthus, uh, in addition to being Cognitive Shadows, are also Splinters. That's the process by which they return. Okay. Um, some Spren are Splinters. Like, I think the Honor Spren are all Splinters of Honor. Oh, that's the same name. Uh, it's, it's all Spren are Splinters. All Spren, okay. Not necessarily of Honor, but they are Splinters of a Shard. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was all spren or just um, blah sapient spren, spren or sentient spren, spren. Of the, yeah, or what? Yeah, so all spren are splinters, but not all splinters are spren. Right. Uh, do we know of any splinters from uh, from Scadrial? Trying to think of some, but I'm not getting any. Uh, they didn't. So ruin and preservation didn't splinter themselves. Okay. Yeah, there, there's no, they don't have any splinters. Okay. Um, they, and and then the shard, just to be clear, a shard does not have to die in order to have splinters. I mean, that's right. As you mentioned, we have the return, but endowment is still alive in Warbreaker. But she endows them with a piece of herself. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you have anything you would like to add on the epigraphs, Dave? No, I just I liked. How they were listed by what part of the room they were written on <laughs> more than anything. I didn't have anything for their particular contents other than I was like, oh, you got to You got to become king of the world. Something like that. Become king of everything. Yeah. Including the world. That's part of everything. To do today. Become king of everything. To do tomorrow. Stop being king of everything. Enjoy your retirement. Well He's well on his way. He got Yakoved. No, no. To do today, king. To do tomorrow, rule. To do the day after, retire. Abdicate. Retire. That's not in the diagram, Dave. Oh, so next week has my very favorite epigraph that is infinitely better in the audiobook. It's so good. You'll like it when you get there, Dave, yep. I think. He's going to know exactly which one you mean. Must have poop in it. Mike Mike isn't a one-note person. He likes multiple things. Brown-note person. Um, all right. So, Tori, does the diagram have any notes on why we ended on Chapter 82? To make you squirm. <laughs> I knew it. Okay. This is clearly how Tori gets her enjoyment. Let's, now, let's be clear here. Looking ahead, I think I chose to end it there so that it wouldn't end in a more awkward place in future chapters. There's more chapters? Well, heck, I better get to reading. You better do it. Well, See you have... later, guys. Okay, bye. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave is gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, so we have two more weeks of chapters and then the overview for this book. Hooray! Wow, it's coming to a close pretty quick. It is coming to a close, and now we're past the Zyle chapter, and he didn't notice anything unusual about Zyle. I know. Yeah, let's be clear, Mike, this this was your last chance, I think. Yep. Um, 
Sahil calls Wit calls Wit Dust, I think. He's like he calls him oh dust. Um and then he mentions like the Pure Lake reminds him of his home. Like there's he's dropping them hints. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some color puns or something in there. Yep. Dave was not picking up. Nope. I think he just doesn't like the Xyle bits. That's a shame because he was always the most one of the most more interesting characters to me. Like because I knew he knew something, and I just wanted to know what. And of course, once I figured out it was Vash, well, I didn't figure it out. Coppermine told me. Then I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And of course, we get the cool scene in um Rhythm of War where they actually fight the so, laundry fight. Yeah, I like that one. Chapter eighty eight is actually the last. Is it? No, Zyle isn't even in that chapter. That's just when Zeth wakes up, and it's Nail there. Yeah. Yep, and no they Zyle. give him Nightblood. Yep. Yep. I'm so not... that that's the Tory bet right there, right? That's my bet. That's yep. I'm, that's my bet. Well, I have Dude. officially lost time to quit the podcast forever. One of you is going to have to start editing. No, wait. That wasn't part of the agreement. So we are going to need a lot of time, I feel, for the end of the book. There are so many reveals that are dropped. In the, in the last set of chapters, like we get, we get the Zeth is brought back to life. We get Nightblood. Um, I think Dave is gonna need like an hour to talk about Nightblood alone. True. Where we get Yasna, he's gonna be like, "I told you so, guys." And we're like, Yo. "Yeah." He's just gonna be like, "Oh, I knew she wasn't dead," and then we'll move on. He might say that with Syl. I don't know how confident he is that Syl is dead, but he's in for a pleasant surprise next week. Yep. Hooray for Dave. And then the week after, he gets his confirmation that Yasna isn't dead, which he already knew. And he gets Nightblood in the book. Yep. Can this get any better? Aloysius. <laughs> That's always the answer to that question. Um, but just as a reminder, Mike, since you like the epigraph so much, can you uh, look up a translation for your favorite epigraph? Um, I actually looked it up last week and then didn't save it so uh, let i mean i can do it too here my too busy. keyboard so the big thing with the the epigraphs this week is sort of getting an idea of what Taravangian's plan actually is which is become king of everything um sort of watch out for the radiance got it step uh, three it, profit so the direct translation is hold the secret that broke the knight's radiant you may need it to destroy the new orders when they return what is it? Hold the secret? Hold the secret that broke the Knights Radiant. You may need it to destroy the New Orders when they return. Are, he knows about the Recreants? I mean, he revealed it in... He he knows oh, a secret that broke the Knights Radiant. Huh. Now now I need to know more. But Here, he's holding an odium shard it. now. But he ain't gonna tell us. Oh god, he's holding an odium shard. He could destroy the Knights Radiant. Like, I don't know how much of the plan... Like, we, we know his ultimate goal, of course, was to deal with Odium. He did that. So is he still going to follow anything that was written in the diagram, or is he going to make a new type of diagram? Uh, I think at this point, the diagram is outdated. Like, it already was. Like, even back in Oathbringer, there were some significant differences between, like, what was in the diagram and what was actually happening. So, I don't know if you guys read it. Um, Isaac Asimov, the Foundation series. But I'm reminded of of that. So in the Foundation series, it, it's the so- whole sort of similar thing where someone has written up a plan of the future. Um, it's based on psychology or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it's this weird, you know, it was written back in the, what, 50s, 60s. And they had weird ideas about what psychologists do. But anyway, the whole thing is someone wrote about the future. Like, what is the course of mankind? And he came up with a plan in order to sort of Get this group of people to get control of the galaxy, essentially. But the whole thing is that it becomes outdated. Like, they need people to actually maintain it. Um, Or, like you mentioned, like, weird little deviations are going to cause a big problem later on. So, um, I don't want to spoil too much about it. I do actually recommend the Foundation series. The early books are going to be really rough, but the later books are actually pretty good. Because, like, the first three, I think, were written back in the 50s, and then the last two, plus a prequel, were written in, like, the 80s or something, which are much better. But it just reminds me of that, that you come up with the diagram, but you need people to maintain it. And, unfortunately, people don't have the intelligence of Taravangian when he first came up with the diagram, so it's really hard for them to, to sort of fix it. So do you guys get the sense that Dave doesn't love 
Relaine the way that we do? Well, there, he hasn't seen much yet of, yeah, about it, him. It's early days, yeah. Just seems like a shame, because Relaine is our perfect boy, and he deserves our love. He gets Renarin's love. Uh, we have word of Brandon on that. We haven't seen anything in the actual book yet. Yeah, we need we need some camera time. Like, I do not want this to turn into, you know, a Dumbledore situation. Mm, true that. I would hope that I Brandon... I give Brandon credit for, for being better, but he we need proof. Like, yes, he's had some uh, characters that aren't just, you know, typical heterosexual, but he, it needs to be, like... This is going to be the closest to main character that we would have gotten yet, I think. I mean, is isn't Renard? He's he's a future book, right? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be one of one of his books. Yeah, uh, I think currently scheduled for book no, book, book five seven. is Seth. Yeah, you mean book six? I think no, it alternates male to female, so mm-hmm. Renard has to be either book seven or book nine. Oh, did did you not notice that? I didn't really assume that was actually happening. Yeah, Seth is book five. Uh, Yasna is supposed to be book 10, and then there's Lift, Ash, Town, and Renarin. So what else we got? So yeah, the, the whole point in your earlier question is, we haven't seen a lot of Relaine screen time. Like, he has been a non-character because he was in dull form until now. But I think he really starts coming out on his own in Oathbringer because he's doing, you know, Bridge 4 stuff. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I think Relaine will maybe grow on Dave. So one of the other things that pops up in these chapters is Elokar, when he talks to Kaladin, he mentions how when Kaladin popped up, the dark, the the figures or whatever that he was seeing sort of start to disappear. The shadows. Yeah, the shadows. So, yeah, which are cryptic. something about patterns, didn't he? I think he said it at one point. I don't know if he says it in this chapter, though. Yeah, he's he's getting swarmed by, crisp, by uh, cryptics because they're trying to get him to bond one of them. And they are very bad at interacting with humans, so they're just creepy and scary. (laughs) Yeah. Me. That's me. Like, they're trying to do something helpful. They want to do something helpful. They're they're completely benign toward Elokar. But they're creepy and scary, and they're these weird shadows and shapes in mirrors, and every time he turns his head, they're in the corner of his eye, but they're not there when he looks. It's, yeah. They, They are very creepy. Like look Wait. at look at Sill's approach being a windspread, light and free. Like that's a good approach. That's how you become a friend. Yeah, by you know sticking his hand to his uh to his sphere purse and sticking his foot to the ground and just generally being a nuisance. Who doesn't like a good prank, man? Me. It's all in good fun. I'm raising my hand right now. You can't see it, but I am. <laughs> So, so is the theory now that Sprins in general, like, look at Ivory, look at how he became friends with Yasna. He tried to kill her and threw her into Shadesmar. Um, I think that's pretty standard canon is that, like, when the Spren travel to the physical realm, they, like, lose almost all of their, um, sapience, so... So, in general, they're all bad at becoming friends, is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. Uh, but the cryptics are extra special, super creepy. Well, wait, the cobbler, he he was bonding with a, a light spurn, right? He was going to be a will shaper. Which, that was going pretty well. Which is a light that just sort of hangs out. Yeah. That's not inherently creepy. That's not weird shapes and shadows. And right. You, you blink and you take a memory and you draw and they're following you down a hallway. That's what I'm saying. Maybe light spurn are good at making friends. Tell that to my cats, because every glimmer of light that passes a wall or whatever, they have to attack it. Okay, well, so they're not friends to cats, got it. Or they're extra extra good friends with cats. But there aren't any cats on Roshar, unless they're you in You know, cats Shinovar. do like the play. And also, you don't know if they're hanging out in Shin. Yeah, are there Shinovar? cats in Shinovar? I think there's everything in Shinovar. I think we need to make a decision on this now before we find out, so we can find out if we're right or not. I'm going to go with there's... no. Yeah, probably no. S- I could have sworn there was a reference to cats. Because apparently all of the cats would be Knights Radiant by now, since they can see light sprint, apparently. So I'm saying no cats in Shinovar. Tori is saying no cats in Shinovar. Craig, yes or no? I'm looking it up, but I think cats are, are in Shinovar. Craig says yes, cats in Shinovar. Okay. All right. I found a Cosmere subreddit post about, are there cats in the, Co- oh, in the Cosmere? We know they're on Gadriel. That doesn't count. 
on a Roshar's Greatest Trouble, which is on the 17th Shard, there are no... This person said there's no dogs or cats on Roshar. This, this was the original post. Well, we know they're not most places on Roshar. Ah, they have minks, because we have the mink. Yeah. What is a mink? It's like a ferret. It's like a ferret, yeah. They also have rats and pigs and moles. All right, yeah, minks are like are like a ferret, but they are of the order Carnivoria. Um, but that Lots I mean, Carnivoria includes yeah. bears and dogs and cats. Oh my! And there are also many, many, many kinds of chickens. There are many kinds of chickens. Some chickens so are magic chickens. chickens. So many. Some chickens are delicious chickens. Some chickens are magic chickens. Some chickens are Voidbringer chickens that only have shell on their face and they talk. All right, I'm still gonna go with their probably cats in Shinovar somewhere because I I I think there would be okay. But the only thing we've really seen coming out of Shinovar are the chickens. So who knows? Yeah, and horses and horses. No, if there were cats in Shinovar, that would be another thing that they would trade because we know that there are rats on Roshar, and people would have wanted the cats to get the rats. Uh, but they also they already have like fairly common natural predators in sky eels true so like you don't need to introduce an alien predator yeah i think i think people would have traded them around just because they're cute i mean sure but yeah i'm i'm sticking maybe, with maybe no cats on Rosha. no they have minks there could be dogs i'm still no i think they would have heard about dogs though what and, if the shin decided Calvin, to like, keep dogs for themselves look everybody else can have axe hounds the shin get dogs <laughs> you know what, guys? Book five, I think we're going to see a lot of Shinovar. So we're going to get some real good information about this. And if all we get is descriptions of chickens, things like an, a, a shellless axe hound, then, then we know. Um, but related to this, actually, uh, I just want to give a little bit of background. So the humans originally come from Ashen. Like we were sort of discussing this in, the, in our spoiler discussion. That's why I'm bringing it up now. Just, just so it's in um, audio form. But the humans come from Ashen. Uh, as far as we know, they were brought to the Rosharian system from Odium, or they, they came with him. Um, but on Ashen, they had some type of surge bonding, only without Sprint. So they were able to access the surges and sort of didn't have the checks and balances related to, uh, to what the Radiants have. And something happened, probably related to a Dawn Shard, where they destroyed their planet. And not all of the humans left Ashen. Some of them went over to Roshar and, you know, lived in Shinovar. And then, of course, expanded and yada yada. Now, some humans did remain on Ashen. And that is where we will get the future book called The Silence Divine, which is the, the world where people get diseases in order to have magic. So you get abilities based on certain diseases. So think of like the birds from um, First of the Sun. And it's it's the same sort of thing, only it's from bacteria and viruses instead that you get these abilities. Uh, did you know that we actually went over this exact thing in the episode that I put out last night? Wait, really? Yeah. Well, clearly I didn't know that, but hey, there you go. It's funny. It's cyclic. Yep. But yeah, so... Uh, the whole point is that from, from my reading and on Ashen originally, they had a lot of stuff that, you know, is associated with, with humans, which is probably where they where they come from. So they had various types of birds that are chickens, but not they, they knew them as their actual proper names and not just chickens. Chicken is the actual proper name. <laughs> and things like that, which they brought with them to Shinovar. So we have grass and we have chickens and plants that don't retreat. Imbecile, drooling, wall-staring grass, I want to say the quote. So eventually, when Brandon writes that book, we'll get a picture of what's happening on Ashen currently. Because as far as we know, Odium's not there. Odium's hanging out on Braze. Well, I don't know if that's still true now that Taravangian picked up the shard, actually. Well, I thought the shards primarily hung out in the spiritual realm. So well, okay, yes. They yes, aren't actually physically in a place, just when they interact with the physical and cognitive realms... Um, yeah. Odium well, is he stuck. does it through Braze. That's where he does it from. Braze and, um, Roshar. And then, yeah, he has influence on Roshar. Oh, I suspect he's primarily camping out on Roshar these days, because there's not much left on Braze. 
There's not even any heralds there anymore. Yep. Like, there's nobody to torment over there. It's so boring. And I L was like one, so. of the, one of the last of the uh, the fused to transfer over. Uh, I suspect that Odium cares so much about Roshar because of the Oath Pack and the fact that that's what's keeping him stuck in the Rosharian system. He doesn't care what's happening on Ashen. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to defeat those humans. Right. They're not related to the Oath Pack, but those on Roshar are. Yeah, good point. So Trampy Knight just mentioned that Nell, during one of his latest live signing sessions, Nell's not a good time to release a book involving getting magic powers from physical illnesses. As we're recording this, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So We're, we're a, a full calendar year into a pandemic. Yeah, that's um, a shame. He might have to that, but I, I, think, I think it could float in a couple years, like once things calm down. On that exact topic... Uh, there's a show on Amazon Prime that was released, you know, several months ago called Utopia that is about a plague. And Utopia yeah. is about a plague. And well, yeah. And the timing of the release could have been better. Yeah. Mm. And they did just redo The Stand as a series that starts with a plague. Yep. That reminds me of, um, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Big Trouble. It's Tom Hanks and... A bunch of others. No, it isn't. It's a uh... not Tom Hanks. Oh God, Tim Allen. Yep. <laughs> wrong, wrong Toy Story character. I'm sorry, Tim yeah, Allen. I did see that based on so a book that, that I rather enjoyed. It was going to be released during the week of 9/11, and and they realize a movie about bringing a bomb through an airport onto a plane is not the best right now. Yeah. So they had to push it back and. I don't think it did well in the box office, but it's it's sort of like a I don't know. It's I mean, it wasn't a great movie. movie. What'd you say? It wasn't a great movie. I think it's a fun movie. It yeah, just it was okay. It didn't age well. If it was released before nine eleven, it might have been all right. And on the topic of not great movies featuring airports and Tom Hanks, uh, I watched The Terminal again recently. <laughs> that's not, that's an all right. It's okay. It's an okay movie. It's, it's I mean. Tom Hanks. It's Steven Spielberg directing Tom Hanks and an otherwise incredible cast, and it's only okay. Mm. Like, with with that combination of things, it should have been amazing, but it wasn't. Right. Anyway, I I feel like we're we're way out of stuff. Yeah. So, is there anything else, or are we done? I think we're done. I think so. Okay. Uh, Bye, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.